Hello, and welcome to this episode of Skiff Meetings Podcast, the podcast for curious event professionals. My name is Andrea Doyle, and I am the executive editor of Skiff Meetings. In this episode titled, Baltimore Sporting Legacy Enhances Meetings and Conventions, I have the pleasure of chatting with Christina Ghani-Smith, Director of Sports Sales for Visit Baltimore. This is a special episode that is dedicated to our current sponsor for the month of July, Visit Baltimore. In our conversation, we talk about what makes Baltimore the sports town it is today. We chat about some of the stadiums and arenas that add excitement to meetings and gatherings in the city. We talk about how sports have made Smith the leader she is today and what the future holds for Baltimore as a sporting city. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation, and I invite you to check out other episodes of the Skift Meetings podcast with tips and insights from today's most influential event professionals. You can find all the episodes on our website or subscribe through your favorite podcast service. for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. We have Christina Ghani-Smith, Senior National Sports Manager from Visit Baltimore with us. And I was hoping you would introduce yourself and maybe explain a little bit about who you are and how you became you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, yes, I'm, I'm Christina Ghani-Smith. I'm, I'm the Director of Sports Sales now for Visit Baltimore. And um, I'm, I'm from Northern Virginia, and I grew up as the oldest of three girls and one boy. And, you know, my love for sports and being an athlete started when I was young, when my parents put my siblings and I in soccer and in gymnastics. And I was the one who was doing cartwheels on the soccer field and chasing butterflies. So my parents were like, let's stick with, with gymnastics and flips for this one. <sighs> so I did that starting at six and I did it all through high school. And I worked my way up to being on the junior national team. Wow. And I was recruited to Towson University for gymnastics. And that's kind of where my road to Baltimore began. Towson is just 10 minutes outside of Baltimore. And today I'm the mom of two little boys living in the heart of Baltimore City, uh, selling Baltimore as a destination for sporting events. Wow. And um, what does a day in a life of a national sports manager look like? Well, it can range. It's different every single day, which is why I love it. Um, but it can include site visits, fam tours, um, you know, doing presentations as to why Baltimore is a great sporting event destination, visiting other events in other cities to check them out and to see if they're a right fit for Baltimore. And, you know, daily I'm collaborating with our 
venues, our hotels, our convention center, arena, um, our sports commission. So every day it's different. And I love it. How did you find your way to this position in particular? So I have a hotel background. So when I was first out of college, I started working for Hilton Hotels. And I worked there for seven years. And there was someone at the convention bureau, um, I guess a position was posted and someone on my team said, hey, you know, I think you'd be good at this. You live in Baltimore City, you have a sports background. What do you think? And it was never on my radar. And I interviewed and I think it, it, it took a couple months and another position opened and I was hired at the at the CVB. And I remember going to my first trade show. I think it was Connect Sports. And I was going, running through the hallways, you know, to my appointments, the speed dating like uh, trade show that it is. And I ran into a former athlete at Towson who was on the basketball team, who was my counterpart in DC. And I was like, okay, so this is an industry filled with my kind of people. And I knew that's where, you know, I belonged and, and where I wanted to stay. Wow. And how many years ago was that? That had to have been eight years ago. Wow. Yeah. So Convention and Visitors Bureaus, as well as the events industry, can be a tough industry for people to understand. How do you explain to your friends and family what you do and who you work for? Sure. So I tell them that I sell Baltimore as a destination for sporting events, that I'm the liaison to the city and I represent all of the hotels and I help with hotel contracting. But my my big picture description is I sell Baltimore as a destination for big and small sporting events, recruiting them to come to Baltimore. Okay. Um, so according to Skiff's Travel Health Index, travel has exceeded 2019 levels and sports travel is following suit. What do you feel a destination needs to have in place to fill an arena or a stadium for a sporting event? Well, there's, there's a couple of things. I would say the first is a sports legacy, you know, a history of hosting major sporting events, um, a city with a strong local sports culture and a dedicated fan base, and a destination marketing partner with experience hosting big events. Um, you know, Baltimore, we're a dedicated community that likes to work collaboratively with our clients to create top-notch experiences and sporting events for them. And they want to know that we've done this before. We know what we're doing and we know who to bring to the table to make these things happen because there's a lot that goes into hosting events. And, you know, it does take a village and we're lucky that our village in Baltimore is strong. And you have to have the venues. You have to make sure, you know, that we have the facilities to be able to host these events. And, you know, we have our Baltimore Convention Center located in the heart of our city with 300,000 square feet of, of exhibit space. Two blocks away is our newly renovated arena that we're very excited about. And we have a hotel package um, surrounding these venues that can hold the, all the fans that are attending these events. We have 9,000 total rooms. We have 3,000 within three blocks of our venues. So it's important to keep that compact event footprint, makes it much easier and convenient for travelers. And we're easy to get to in Baltimore. You know, it's very simple, but it's critical to the success of these events. We're easy to get to flying into BWI. It's 
It's only 10 miles from downtown. We have Penn Station, also 10 miles from downtown. And on the East Coast, you know, where a third of the nation's population reside, you know, we are, we're locationally, I like to say, hashtag blessed. You know, we're an hour from DC, we're two hours from Philly, we're three from New York. So when you talk about attendance building, you know, we find that it's higher in Baltimore because we're so easy to get to. And then once you're here, you know, you can walk everywhere. We have great public transit. We have our Charm City Circulator. And we have our water taxi system, which is an amazing way to get around and navigate our city by water. We have plenty of restaurants within walking distance, which is important. You know, quick grab and go options all the way to, you know, five-star fine dining. So you have all the pieces in place to host a successful sporting event and then add to that Baltimore sports history, which is legendary. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. We are a town of sports heroes. <laughs> we have a very storied sports legacy going back generations from Johnny Unitas, who played for the Colts for 17 seasons and is widely considered to be the first superstar quarterback to more recently, Ray Lewis. And our defense that won us, you know, Super Bowl victories in 2011 and 13. Pele played in Memorial Stadium in the 70s. And of course, we have Babe Ruth and Cal Ripken with the Orioles. And our Orioles team today having a legendary season of their, of their own. Currently number one in the <laughs> AL East. We're very proud of that. And Maryland is known for lacrosse. Like you would think that is our state sport, but it's not. It's jousting. But we're proud to be known as the lacrosse capital of the world. We're the headquarters for USA Lacrosse, and we've host we've hosted NCAA men's championships, and more recently we've hosted the Women's World Cup. Um, Michael Phelps is from Baltimore, the most decorated Olympian of all time, and we have a, uh, a rich basketball history from when the Bullets were playing in Baltimore. And, you know, many have heard of the Dunbar boys, the greatest high school basketball team of all time. Carmelo Anthony came up through Baltimore and, you know, the Dome. Many people know our legendary court in East Baltimore where legends played. And we still have a rich basketball history. We host the men's and women's CIAA basketball tournament in February. We're hosting them until 2026 and hopefully beyond so our history is rich, but I'm most excited about, you know, the new generation of athletes coming up through Baltimore and the history that we'll continue to make in Baltimore. Wow, that is impressive. And isn't it possible to tour Babe Ruth's house in Baltimore? Yes. Yeah, there's actually there's baseballs on the sidewalks from Oriole Park at Camp Vineyards that you can follow to his house to where he grew up. So that's a really fun thing to check out when people are in town. And is it possible for event planners to have gatherings there? At Oriole Park or at the at the at the at, house? At both. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'll have to look into the museum because it is a museum. Um, but at Camden Yards, absolutely. It's a it's a beautiful stadium. It's the stadium that they say changed um baseball forever. It was opened in 1992 and it was the first of its of its kind to have that retro look to feel like it had been there forever. And it has the exposed brick and the steel beams and it's a very intimate setting. And the field is nestled into the downtown like footprint into an urban setting. And they say that all baseball stadiums have been modeled in some way after Oriole Park at, at Camden Yards. So it's a, it's a very special place and it's an amazing place 
for planners to have offsite events and do unique activations there, which we've done before. And and they have rooms too, right? Throughout the stadium that if you wanted to host a corporate group, you can? Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of private event spaces. We've even used the suites before um, for people to have as their um, kind of like entertaining area, even when a game is not going on. And it's hosted concerts before. So in, in many ways, it's an awesome place to have a private event. When a planner is planning a sporting event in Baltimore, what assistance can they expect from you and from your team? Yeah, absolutely. For a planner, I am the liaison to all of things in the city. And if it's not me who can personally help them with someone, I know who can and how to connect them. But I can help with venue and hotel sourcing. I can help with assistance with logistics, supplier sourcing, safety management. We have an entire marketing team, so help with marketing and PR. We have a customer experience team. So as soon as a event books in Baltimore, we will assign a customer experience really planner on our team to be an extension of their team to help with all things leading up to the event and while on site. And that's anywhere from, you know, offsite event planning to discounts at our attractions and restaurants. And one of the most important things I would say is using our team for our city connections. We have strong relationships with all of our members um, and with our city and state officials. I can help with financial resources and applying for grants, um, signage throughout our city. And we're re- we're the experts of the city. So we're really just here to be a helpful extension of their team. Okay, great. So we, we touched upon Oriole Park and Camden Yards, which is a popular site for meetings and events. Another popular venue is M&T Bank Stadium, and that's 35 feet above Oriole Stadium, isn't it? Yes, it's right there. It's in walking distance of Oriole Park at Camden Yards. We're so lucky to have our two major stadiums in the heart of downtown. Um, that's something unique and really special about Baltimore, but also an amazing place to have in a, a private event. Um, so yeah, we're lucky to have our two sporting events in the heart of the city. And that stadium is LEED certified gold, isn't it? Um, yes, yeah, sustainability is a huge part of our stadium environment. We were the first gold lead certified stadium in the U.S. It's a major point of pride. We've been at the forefront of recycling and it's simple things like turning lights off and equipments off when they're not in use, promoting public transportation to get to the games. We've reduced energy consumption by 38% um, and we use 38% less electricity than other stadiums. We have a rain harvesting tank, which collects rainwater to pump to the irrigation system to water plants. So running efficiently in our stadium is a priority. And they're just common sense things to reduce energy consumption. It's good for the environment. And it's also good business decisions. And it's really just doing the right thing. So we take great pride in ensuring that our stadiums are leaders in the sustainability initiatives for fan experiences. Do you find when an event planner is considering Baltimore, that becomes a question they want answered about your sustainability efforts? Definitely. I think um, it's a major important um, decision factor. You know, everyone now is looking how to reduce their 
footprint on the environment. So we're seeing that asked a lot more now in our bids. So we're proud to be able to speak to that and lead the way for sustainability. And then there's another sporting venue, CFG Bank Arena. And I understand that just received a $200 million renovation. Yes. Yes, our arena, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's its perfectly located only two blocks from our convention center. So to have our arena walkable to our convention center, walkable to Oriole Park at Camden Yards and M&T Bank Stadium, it's creating this robust and thriving arts and entertainment district that will only continue to be further developed. But this is a building with incredible history. You know, back in its heyday, Frank Sinatra, the Elvis, the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, Aretha Franklin, you know, Martin Luther King gave a speech there, Barack Obama. So to have this amazing history in the building, keep the same footprint, but have $200 million of privately funded money invested into the building is pretty special. And we're seeing new acts come through like Bruce Springsteen and Lizzo. So we're we're welcoming these world-class acts, but it's a 14,000 seat facility and the renovations included new cushioned seats, 38 new suites, a refurbished concourse and upgraded concessions. And this is where the CIAA basketball tournament is played, men's and women's in February. So we're looking forward to welcoming more sporting events um, to the building. And the arena and the development that is happening is a great example of the progress that's happening in Baltimore. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. What, I mean, this is all amazing. And I was curious, what, in your opinion, makes Baltimore the ideal city to host sporting events? Okay. So I would say what makes Baltimore an ideal city to host an event is that we are very easy to get to. We are accessible by driving, flying into BWI, um, which has 700 flights going in and out of it daily by train into Penn Station, which is only 10 minutes from downtown. Once you're here, we're extremely easy city to navigate. I live in the heart of the city and to get to the other side, you know, it only takes me 15 minutes to walk. It's more economical to get to Baltimore flying in into BWI than other cities. And we have an extremely compact campus with our venues, our convention center and hotels and attractions being all you know, with a very close um, radius. Our convention center, you know, our venues, 300,000 square feet of exhibit space is only two blocks away from our newly renovated arena. And we have other fields and facilities at our surrounding universities. You know, the hotel piece is, is critical. We have affordable hotel options for all ranges. We have 9,000 hotel rooms across a seven mile waterfront campus. 4,400 rooms are within four blocks of the convention center and our arena. So when you have an event, you know, you can stay right there and you don't have to go far. It keeps it very 
that keeps it very convenient. So the accommodations for a range of budgets from family-friendly all the way to luxury five-star boutiques. We have an incredible food scene in Baltimore. Our food scene, I like to say, is on fire. We have options for the quick grab-and-go, um, options for, you know, when a tournament, you have to get back to the game or something runs late. We have options that stay open late. And we have, you know, markets. Our city is known for markets. That's where I like to go when I travel to a city to get the diverse cuisine and you feel the culture for a town. So we have, you know, your quick grab and go options all the way to five star, you know, James Beard award winning um, chef restaurants. We take safety very serious in Baltimore. We have a safety platform for all events and we meet with the police department regularly to go over the events that are coming into the city. And we have a warm welcome program, which is a pledge that hotels, restaurants and attractions sign up that says they are committed to supporting and embracing diversity, equity and inclusion and fostering a welcoming environment for all travelers, no matter who you are or where you're from. So we're proud that we have almost 100 pledges and uh, we look forward to ex expanding that. Well, with all those ingredients in place, it's easy to see why Baltimore does host many sporting events, both college as well as professional. And, you know, they put the city in the spotlight and draw thousands who then hopefully you probably want to come back to visit the city on their own. How important are these events to the city and how important are they to your group business? They are extremely um, important. Baltimore is a sports town. You know, sporting events add to our city's identity. And as far as our business mix, we host a lot of association and corporate events, which make up most of our business, but sports has grown tremendously to put it in perspective, you know, back in 2017, and that was, you know, before the pandemic, sports made up 15% of our business. And as of 2022, sports has grown to 34% of our business. So it's more than doubled in five years. And we look forward to just continuing to grow those numbers. Hmm. I um, recently went to the Preakness Stakes at Pimlico race course. And I know that's a really historic thoroughbred racetrack there in Baltimore. Um, a night at the races is really a fun corporate gathering. Do you agree? And can you tell me, tell everyone a little bit about this race course? Yeah, absolutely. So Pimlico um, is where the Preakness Stakes uh, are held. It's the second leg of the Triple Crown, a race that has been running I believe since like 1896. So there's a tremendous amount of history there and it's a beautiful racetrack. And, you know, it's a, a great place to hold a private event and it will be undergoing a significant facelift in the years ahead um, to ensure the longevity of the Preakness Stakes to ensure that they continue to run in Baltimore. But it's a beautiful place to hold a private event. And I know that you had a great time because there's no more fun event in Baltimore, except maybe an O's and Ravens game, but um, that's a special that that's a special uh, event, and I love I love and look forward to going every year. Yeah, it sure was great. So we touch upon CFG Bank Arena and the fact that it just received a two hundred million dollar renovation, and I know that um, they host lots of sporting events. Did you participate in any of your gymnastic events there, and what was that like? So. We didn't have any of our meets at CFG Bank Arena or what it was previously known as 
um, Royal Farms Arena. But, you know, we did compete on Towson's campus and they have a new CQ arena where the uh, meets are being held. But, you know, I, I loved competing uh, at Towson. It was a great experience. I met my best friends there. You know, it was a built-in community of athletes who I now sometimes cross paths with in my professional life. And uh, I wish that they had CQ Arena when I was there because it's it's beautiful. And it does host sporting events now. So we could always look at that at event, as a venue for other sporting events. How did sports help you become the leader you are today? That is a great question. I think that it is led me to, gosh, it, it instilled so many things in me, being a young athlete, um, being a young person in sports, being a young girl in sports. You know, it taught me persistence, grit, risk reward, leadership, confidence. You know, I could go on, but there were so many things that were instilled in me as a young person to create this athletic mindset that I have now that I tap into today, you know, not only as a professional, but as a parent and just as a human being. So, you know, I have that athletic go-getter mindset. I'm competitive and I like to win. And I think that's why I like the industry that I'm in now. Are you an athlete today? What what do you do? Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I can do some cartwheels and some things, but you will not catch me doing the flips I used to be able to do. Um, no, I would say it's more of an athletic mindset. You know, of course, like I work out and being healthy and fit is important to me. Um, but I, you know, being a parent, being a mom, you're, you're, I, I call that being an athlete. <laughs> that takes all the strength. <laughs> how, um, how old are your kids? I have a two and a half little boy and a, uh, little boy that just turned one. Wow. So you have your hands full. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone who mentored you early in your career or helped you to become the type of leader that you have become? And who's had the biggest influence on your life? Yeah, I think from my earliest days, I have to say my earliest mentors were my parents who had the biggest impact on me. You, I never really understood until I became a parent myself, the physical time that has to be carved out of your life to get your kids to where they need and want to be. And for me, you know, that was gymnastics practice almost every single day. Many times it was twice a day. So I would wake up at 6 a.m. to make 7 a.m. practice, work out for two hours, go to school, go back to the gym. And I started that in first grade. So for them to like go along that journey with me, it was a grind. Uh, it was a grind for all of us. So I would say they were the first, you know, my first mentors because they put me on a specific path to excel in something that I loved that kind of carried me through life. And there's so many people there. I, I can't pinpoint one person, but it was coaches, athletic directors. When I got into the professional world, it was my directors of sales. You know, I always worked for people that I wanted to be like and who I admired. And now I'd have to say, you know, it's my husband who has the biggest impact. He um, is an amazing supporter of me. He's the largest restaurateur in the state of Maryland in the DMV area. He has an incredible amount, amount of restaurants. I think it's 32 now and has a 2000 employees. So I watch his leadership style and how he um, leads his staff and team. And um, he's the best manager of people I've ever seen. So I would say now it would be him. Wow. What attributes and or qualities have you developed that have helped you become successful? 
I think it's a lot of what, you know, I said earlier from the, you know, things that were instilled in me as a young person. But I do think that, you know, persistence, you, you know, being able to um, work through maybe what is perceived as failures, but not treating them as failures and taking them as opportunities to learn and grow. I think that's probably, you know, something that has served me well, just to keep going, even when things may not seem like they're going your way. What is the one thing people would be surprised to learn about you? Well, I can say whenever I tell people that I was sent to military school, <laughs> I was sent to military school my senior year of high school. I think everyone is usually shocked by that. <laughs> what was that but like? I, well, you know, it's it was um, it was definitely tough, but it was you know, it was what I needed at the time, you know, we won't go into why I was sent there, but we'll say I wasn't living up to my potential. But, you know, from there, I, you know, I had the local policeman, they didn't have a gymnastics program. So the local policeman would drive me to a gym 30 miles away so I could still practice. And my athletic director there, he helped me through the whole recruiting process. He sent out my newspaper accolades to all surrounding universities and Towson came to visit me there. And, um, you know, that really changed the course of my life because then I ended up going to Towson from military school. And, you know, that's why I'm here talking to you today. So it was just a part of my story that led me to where I am. But people are always shocked when I tell them that. <laughs> and where was the military school? It was Massanutten Military Academy. It was in the mountains in Virginia. And um, yeah, that was quite an experience. We could do a whole podcast just on that. I, <laughs> it's a date. <laughs> um, getting back to the industry for a minute, yes. what do you feel are the biggest challenges currently facing the events industry or the sporting events industry in particular? Yeah, I would say that um, funding is always a big one. You know, the in-person piece of events are so important. I think what's expected out of them um, is becoming more and more and more. So I think that um, money and funding is always a challenge. Technology, you know, the um, ever-evolving technology world, trying to adapt to that. And then, you know, an ever-changing world. In our, in our world, we're booking events in the years and years down the road. I, I booked the AAU Junior Olympics for 28 and 32, and who knows what kind of world we're living in, in then. So to anticipate an ever-changing world um, and having to adapt, that's always challenging. But in doing so, it strengthens our abilities too. So yeah, I, I would say that, booking things in the future. If you could change one thing in the events industry, what would it be? Well, I would I would love to have unlimited funds. That would that's what I would change. I would want unlimited funds to do whatever, you know, is needed and exceed clients' expectations. Um, but you know, safety, you know, safety is, you know, ensuring that things at all times are always safe and you had no worries in in that world. But you know, we do we take safety serious in Baltimore and we have tools in place and strong relationships uh to ensure you know, things are as safe as possible for our events. What do you feel the future holds for the industry? 
That that is a good question, honestly. And <laughs> I I I'm not sure I, I know like in the sports world, you know, I think we'll see a lot more like e-sporting events coming up, which is something that we're focusing on. It's an emerging market that we want to do more in Baltimore. Um, but I, I think that people recognizing the importance of events and how it is um, a key factor to our social and physical well-being. And I think we'll see more events coming out of the pandemic. And I look forward to that. Do you have venues in Baltimore that can host e-sporting e events? So we we can always host them in convention centers. We Of course, our new arena is um, a great option. Um, but I do, I have heard talks of, you know, potentially creating a esports specific venue right now. We don't have that, but we're definitely interested in, in doing that maybe down the road. Because it is an area that's really growing in popularity, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think we'll see a lot more of those tournaments and with kids, you know, playing more esports now than, you know, sometimes even physical and person sports, it's definitely an emerging market that we're paying attention to. Anything else you could share with us about Baltimore and about Baltimore as a sporting city in particular? I would just say, I think that I've covered most of it. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we are a sports town. We love hosting sporting events. Um, we, you know, I'm always looking for other high impact events to bring to Baltimore. Um, we have just a passionate and dedicated community. Our mayor is a huge supporter of sporting events. Our governor is. So we have a team of people here uh, that know, you know, what we're doing, how to get the job done. And we're always up for welcoming new events to Baltimore. So if anyone listening is hearing something they, you know, think could work for them, um, I'm happy to, to work with them and explore hosting other events. Right, right. Um, we always wrap up our podcasts by asking who you feel we should have on our next episode. Yes. Um, I thought about this, and I think a good person to have would be, I've mentioned that we host the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament. It's an incredibly attended event. It's 100,000 people, you know, over the course of tournament week. And Jackie McWilliams, she's the commissioner of the CIAA. I think a great person to have on would be her for her to talk about why she made the move to Baltimore to bring her tournament here. They had been in Charlotte for 15 years. So that, you know, was working like a well-oiled machine. So to make a move like that was a very big risk on her part. And it and the entire CIAA's part. So I think to have her on to talk about why she made the move to Baltimore and how that relationship is going, which we think is amazing and we love hosting them. I think it would be great to hear from her perspective why she chose Baltimore and how it's going. Oh, great. I'll be sure to reach out to her. Yes, I'm happy oh. to. Well, this has been great. I really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, thank you. I can't wait to visit Baltimore again soon. Yes. Let me know when you do. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.